schadenfreude everybody must have screamed ah he's a sung hero a little pushy pushy are you back from listening to stairway to heaven twice now those are just words i looked up on the internet unreasonable doubt a podcast about west virginia university basketball starts now hi from the studio in Niger, West Virginia, this is Unreasonable Down. It's a podcast about West Virginia University basketball, part of the Basketball Podcast Network. I'm Josh Witt. This is episode five, Purdue, the Phil Knight Legacy Quarterfinals. I mean, Phil Knight's revolving. Like, there's so many tournaments revolving around Phil Knight at the same time in Portland. There's like 12 different arenas. There's 50 basketball teams play it there's the phil knight legacy there's the phil knight invitational there's the pk 85 there's the uh the the phil thrill invitational i don't it's very so many teams are in portland oregon for thanksgiving but west virginia is in the phil knight legacy and they played purdue and the first thing i wrote down i take notes I'm an old person. I, I do pen on paper. And my first note was, do you ever feel good with Dan Shulman, with Dan Shulman and Jay Billis? Dan Shulman, when that guy's calling a game and when Jay Billis is on the game, and I don't have the stats for this, and I don't know who keeps track of this, of all the things I can keep track of, is there anybody keeping track of WVU's record when Jay Billis is on the call. All I can think of, as, as soon as I saw him, I was like, not good. Bill Walton, the game before that, in another Phil Knight tournament somewhere in Portland, Bill Walton was on that. I don't remember Bill Walton calling a WVU game. I wouldn't have an eerie feeling. Billis, and he's, and he's good at what he does, I don't have a good feeling when he's on the call. That's it. And so I write that note down. The game starts. Purdue scores the first nine, <laughs> the first nine points of the game. And that was that's all they needed. But they played a lot of basketball after that. Purdue had a double-digit halftime lead. And WVU fought in the second half. They cut it to four with five and a half minutes left. Then Purdue scored the next eight. Then WVU cut it to seven with two and a half minutes left and had the ball. They forced a Purdue shot clock violation. And then Toussaint missed a tough shot. Purdue went right down and got a layup. Then Kedrian Johnson tried to score over a giant. Then Eric Stevenson puffed his chest out and knocked the guy <laughs> into the first row. Purdue got two free throws at the ball, and that's the game. West Virginia will not go undefeated. They lose to Purdue 80 to 68. I mean, the first question after watching this game and something everybody knew going in and knows about Purdue, it's just you can really boil this game down to really one question. Do you have a giant? Jimmy Bell is a really big guy. 6'10, 290, let's say 285. And Zach Eady is 7'4. And Jimmy Bell, I don't think, did a bad job tonight <laughs> against a giant. But West Virginia's, 
I guess Jimmy Bell's still a giant. Like if I, if I walked up to Jimmy Bell, I'd be like, oh, well, you're a giant person. And then there's a dude six inches taller than that guy, <laughs> you know, and he's really good at basketball. Purdue has one giant that's really good at basketball, 24 points, 12 rebounds, and the guy made his first 10 free throws. And when he finally missed a couple, Purdue got the offensive rebound, went back to the line. Listen, credit to Purdue. I sound like Neil Brown. Credit to Purdue. They shot 51% for the game. They made eight threes. They were 24 for 28 from the line. West Virginia did not shoot as many free throws and did not shoot as high of a percentage. The 13-point win for WV or for Purdue won by 12 and outscored WVU at the free throw line by 13. And that, you know, if you looked at one stat, you'd say that's the difference because West Virginia fouled a ton. Did they foul? Probably, you know, were were some of the fouls very light in nature? And if a referee crew calls light fouls on that, does that put WVU in a rough spot because of how much ball pressure they want to create? Yeah, that's a that's a problem. Uh, but more importantly, WVU did not go away. And every time the Mountaineers cut it close, Purdue had an answer. And so that's a really good team. That is a ranked team. Their freshmen were really good. Their role players know their roles. And so, you know, you take the L in Portland. So let me give you the bad first. Happy Thanksgiving, by the way. Here's the bad. Purdue shot well, and they made some tough shots, but they also made some easy shots because the defense was not great. A couple people in particular, not going to name names here, uh, but the defense was not good. Now, this is a, a big step up in talent, and WVU could have been doing this stuff against lesser competition and just the other team couldn't make them pay. Purdue made them pay. And so the high percentage comes from Purdue being really good and also lapses in defense late on rotations, and just getting feet to the basket. James Oconquo, uh, this is the first – This is, I can't give anybody warnings, but my man, do not shoot threes. <laughs> you make them in practice. I've seen you on the internet practicing threes and making them. You, taught, you shot – you've got a seven – got a giant on you, right? So maybe if I come out to the three-point line and he's going to give it to me, and I make them in practice, and nobody's guarding me there, maybe I'll take them. And he took two threes. He missed both threes. Purdue got the rebound on both threes. Not great. I am not looking, I, until proven otherwise, I am not looking for a possession to end with a James Oconquo three. Nope. That, it's just bad. Not It's not good offense. He's giving you that. That's... Okay, maybe maybe you try the first one. The second one, I can't I, I can't really defend you there, James. So don't shoot threes. <laughs> this is the first don't shoot threes notice. Uh, maybe I gave that to Joe Toussaint. He's proven me wrong. Oconquo, don't do that. 
Trey Mitchell, not a great night. Kind of, uh, he didn't disappear. He just, he got three fouls, whap, 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 in the early in the second half. He sat a bunch when he was in the game, just did not get comfortable. And defensively, he was struggling as well. So not a great night for Trey Mitchell. Both sides of the floor was a struggle. Emmett Matthews, he shot four shots. So when Trey Mitchell is struggling and Eric Stevenson is cold and they're both sitting, it's time for like a notch up in aggressiveness. And we didn't see it from Emmett Matthews. So when Emmett Matthews is kind of in the background, that that works well if other guys are the guys you're depending on for scoring are doing that. When they're not doing that and you take four shots, then it's just another missed opportunity, you know? So not Emmett Matthews did Emmett Matthews, but it was a chance for him to kind of be more aggressive. And then Kedrian Johnson, not a bad night. Overall, foul trouble, and that Keedy Johnson always struggles with foul trouble. But my man, speaking of James O'Conquo shooting threes, Keedy Johnson was dead set on taking it to the Giant. And he didn't take L's every time, but also he took took his share of L's (laughs) with that strategy of going up against a seven-foot-four guy. He's He's got at least a foot on you, you know? And that one, he shot it like he shot it close to the rim, like there wasn't a giant between him and the rim. And the giant volleyballed it very far away from the rim. So in that bad decision making, that is not good offense. Uh, I I'm into the getting into his chest and trying to pick up fouls, of which Edie didn't really do that, but you know, the fifth time you're going at him and it's not working out, <laughs> you know, just, you know, look at me. Hindsight's twenty twenty. I'm just saying it just, it didn't work out. So that's the bad list, but let's, there's a good list. There's a good list. And let's start with WVU probably going to avoid Gonzaga because that would be a problem early in the season. And we're familiar with how WVU fares against Gonzaga. So probably avoiding that, definitely avoiding playing a game that starts around midnight. Was anybody brewing coffee tonight for a, for a night for a 10 p.m. start? We avoid the midnight start. I don't think we're out of the woods because I don't know when the game's going to be Sunday. No matter what happens, that's in the cards, I guess. But we don't have it for Friday. Listen, I I told you WVU they stayed strong in the second half. Bad night with from Mitchell, Stevenson sitting, and West Virginia makes a comeback in the second half. Here's who they had on the floor. Joe Toussaint, who had a really good night, both sides of the floor. Kedrian Johnson, Seth Wilson, Emmett Matthews at the four, and I mentioned James Oconquo. Those five cut the lead to four. So that's awesome as far as who's going to be in the rotation and, and Huggins. Played 10 guys a night. I would not picture that lineup giving you a comeback, but that 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 five Huggins left out there for quite a while, and it worked out pretty well. And the Giant was out there. And Okonkwo is giving up 
you know, all <laughs> weight and size, and yet that five, a small five, they got WVU to the closest they could get to the lead in the second half. So that's great. That's great for the future. Like, especially the Seth Wilson minutes where he's getting reps, he's out there gaining confidence. That's going to really help later in the season. Uh, and this is on the good list. The <laughs> WVU had fight in the second half where, and it's it feels early, but the first wave of the stomach bug has went through the team. Apparently, Huggins was talking about that in the pregame with Caridi, uh, the younger Caridi. And so even with the bug, the effort was strong and they didn't kind of tire out late. And another thing is like Joshua is just on the good list. No, no one goes undefeated. I mean, a few teams have, but like on one hand, the number of times that a college basketball team has finished a year undefeated. And you got to go back to the 70s for the last undefeated season. So that's the beauty of college basketball. This tournament has its great reps for a team that has only played now five games together, playing against a quality opponent like Purdue. This is good. You you take your L. Purdue is the better team, but there were it was not a boat race. Did Purdue ever really lose hold of the game? Not really, but WVU didn't shut it down yes they did some dumb stuff late yes when they got it close they they couldn't keep the momentum going but wvu is <laughs> takes their first loss and it can be good for the rest of the season and it doesn't change my opinion of the potential for this team moving forward sometimes you take an l in november The NBA season is heating up and there are still so many unknowns. Yes, the Lakers are not going to go 0-82. Yes, the Bucks are not going to go 82-0. But will Javon Carter stay in the starting lineup? Will Deuce McBride make it in the rotation for the Knicks? When I'm looking to get in on the action, I bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, total rebounds, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. The DraftKings Sportsbook app is easy to use. You can do your same-game parlay. Really easy, gives you the odds. Definitely check it out. So download the app now. Sign up with code TBPN. Place a $5 pregame money line bet on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code TBPN, only a DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Haven't done this in a while. Random thoughts for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Earlier on Thanksgiving, I was watching basketball because sports. Happy Thanksgiving. Lots, lots of sports today. 
I did start my day watching planes, trains, and automobiles. I foregoed the 5 a.m. World Cup game, but if I wanted to watch that, I could have. Kansas, who's really good, was playing Wisconsin, who had a guy who was really good and tried to beat Kansas essentially by himself. But they were playing in a tournament. It was not one of the eight Phil Knight tournaments in Portland. This was the bad boy mowers battle for Atlantis. And Kansas and Wisconsin was playing in the Bahamas. Now, when you hear bad boy mowers, you think of West Virginia playing in a bad boy mowers tournament. And any other year, that tournament would have been at the Bahamas. The year WVU tries to do the Bad Boy Mowers Tournament battle for Atlantis, it's, it's, <laughs> it's during a pandemic. So another sign that the, I'm air quoting this, the pandemic is over, is when you're in a Bad Boy Mowers Tournament and you're not in Grand Rapids, South Dakota. <laughs> It just, it was a different vibe. You know, the game in the Bahamas, the people in the stands, what they wore, the teams that were participating in the tournament. I did not see any gigantic lawnmowers. I just saw, while it was an indoor game, it just screamed, everybody's on vacation. And when West Virginia participates in the bad boy mower tournament, uh, there was a there was a game clock that had like a a minute hand and a second hand. I'm not saying one's better or worse than the other. I'm just contrasting what I remember WVU playing in the tournament versus this year's Bad Boy Mowers tournament. I was talking about sports like there's got to be – I like sports. I'm assuming if you're listening to this, you like sports. But you could – it's not 24 hours of college basketball. And there were – there had to have been people that pulled a 24-hour staying awake to watch 24 hours of college basketball back when they did that. Now, I don't know if the Surgeon General got involved in that or – Somebody saying, oh, uh, we'd actually would not like to play at 4 a.m. And maybe Hawaii's not available to fill the gap there. Or, hey, we tried the 7 a.m. game. 17 people showed up. I don't know what happened to 24 hours of college basketball. But right now, you could start super early, 5 a.m. World Cup, Saturday. Start with World Cup. Maybe mix in some college basketball. College football's there for you from from noon until midnight. And like you could and so there's like a and then take a four hour nap and then do it again. Like if you're a sports fiend, you're getting fed right now <laughs> with so many team sports, basketball, pro basketball, college basketball, hockey. Soccer. What are football? 
college football, professional football, all the sports. This episode of Unreasonable Doubt is sponsored by Freeman Sports Cards and Collectibles. What are you doing December 2nd through the 4th? Whatever you thought, don't say it out loud because I can't hear you. But definitely consider showing up at the Morgantown Mall sometime between December 2nd through the 4th or go every day, the 2nd, the 3rd, and the 4th to Morgantown Mall. Why? Because Freeman Sports Cards and Collectibles are going to be there. And they're going to have sports cards to buy. And they're going to have wrestling figures to buy. Action figures to buy. Comic books to buy. You can bring your comic books. And your sports cards. Maybe you bring it to them and they're like, Hey, I'll buy that from you and then I'll sell it to somebody else. Go to the Morgantown Mall. Check out the Freeman's sports cards and collectibles card show sports card show at the Morgantown mall. If you want to call them, you got stuff you want to sell them, give them a call 304-416-3631 Freeman sports cards and collectibles. Uh, West Virginia is we, I do know as a, as I'm recording this, who West Virginia is going to play in their next game in the Field Night Legacy Tournament. They're playing the Portland State Vikings, and that game will be at 9 p.m. I believe, don't quote me on this, check your local listings. I believe they're going to play on ESPN News, which is still a thing. And so Portland State, West Virginia is playing in Portland, Oregon. So technically this is this is a road game, right? I, I get maybe. I don't know anything about Portland State. I have not watched a single Portland State game. I do know, based on the internet, that Portland State has a win over a Pac-12 team, the Oregon State Beavers. And they beat the Oregon State Beavers by double digits. So the way that works is West Virginia is playing a team who beat a team who only lost to Duke by four today in the Phil Knight Legacy Tournament. So West Virginia is basically playing a team that can beat Duke. And so when I say it like that, it sounds scary, right? I don't think they're that scary. Uh, Ken Pomeroy's computer does not look highly on the Portland State Vikings. But when you look at the Ken Pomeroy computer stuff, every once in a while you look at a team's profile and Ken Pomeroy's computer, he's got the stats color-coded. So if it's green, if it's if it's dark green, that means you're really good at that stat. And if you're the deepest of reds, that means you're the worst at that. And so what jumps off the screen for the Portland State Vikings, they have one box that is the most like the darkest red that Ken Pomeroy's computer could come up with. And think about what Ken Pomeroy's computer is capable of with basketball statistics. Then apply that to colors. And so the the computer has run all the simulations on colors and come up with the darkest red because Portland State is by far the worst in the country after four games, not including the Gonzaga game, at one specific thing. And they are bad at 
letting the other team shoot free throws. How do I know that? The darkest of red boxes for that category. Ken Palmer's computer calls that free throw rate. Uh, Portland State, by far, the worst at that. Then you start looking at individual games. Now, of course, Portland State, they start their season with a the fiercest of rivalries against Portland. You know, the, college basketball hasn't truly started until you have Portland versus Portland State. Portland State lost to Portland. But when you look at the foul situation, and you, you see West Virginia play Purdue tonight, and you say, man, Jimmy Bell, foul trouble. Kedria Johnson, foul trouble. Trey Mitchell, he picked up three quick fouls. Woggy, foul trouble. Man, we're just we're fouling so much. And Portland State looks at what West Virginia West Virginia did tonight, and they say, that's not foul trouble. You want to see foul trouble? We know about foul trouble. Portland State, in their first game against Portland, they had four guys foul out and two guys with four fouls. So that's 28 fouls spread between six guys. And that's a ton of fouls. And Portland shot 44 free throws. <laughs> West Virginia fouls a bunch. Port, uh, Purdue only shot 28 free throws. They did not shoot 44. And that game, Portland-Portland State, the bitter rivalry, it didn't go to overtime. This was a 40-minute regulation game. 28 fouls between six guys. <laughs> so Portland State fouls a ton. They give up a ton of free throws. Can West Virginia get to the line? They were not spectacular from the free throw line tonight. But if they get to the line against Portland State, can they score free throw shots? We'll see. The winner of West Virginia, Portland State, plays the winner of Florida, Oregon State. You know, just for something different. West Virginia, I would like to see them play Oregon State. I've seen West Virginia play Florida in recent years. That has not gone well. I don't have any bad taste in my mouth with Oregon State. Yes, they just almost beat Duke. Yes, they like to play in the 50s. West Virginia doesn't mind playing in the 50s. Bob Huggins cool with playing in the 50s. So the winner plays the winner of that game. The loser play the, plays the loser. That game will happen Sunday, but we got to get to Friday, 9 p.m. Let's see what happens. That's it for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Listen on all the platforms or just pick one. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, YouTube. Until next time, I'm Josh Witt. This has been Unreasonable Doubt. WVU for the 2022-2023 season. They have four wins and they have one loss. <laughs>